0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Praise the Lord if you're happy and you know it, shout Amen. amen. God is good. Hey, we, we love you. We love your pastors. We've been here many times, and if I haven't had a chance to, to meet you personally, I look forward to that. Uh, we, as we said, we love your pastors. We appreciate the vision that they carry. We believe in that and uh, are blessed to speak into to your lives this, this uh, weekend with the Word of God. Your pastor has asked me to speak specifically on what we call the subject of faith. Uh, what faith is and how it operates so uh, we're delighted to do that you know a revelation of faith and how it operates will greatly assist you in your life as a christian but it'll also particularly help you get your prayers answered amen so uh, how many of you know god wants our prayers to be answered so god's made tremendous uh, promises and provisions available to us as uh, the children of god as sons and daughters of god But how many of you realize that although God has made tremendous promises and provisions available to us through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, most often they are realized or possessed in our lives through personal faith? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. Ephesians 2 and verse 8, notice what the Bible says. For by grace are you saved, or have you, you have been saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we see, even in the context of our salvation, the regeneration of our human spirit, the new birth, that what God has freely provided by His grace must be obtained through personal faith. Uh, You know, although Jesus Christ has legally saved the whole world, he's paid the price. It does not become yours and mine until we exercise personal faith in the redemptive work of Christ. Well, this same principle holds true in every promise and provision of God. So Lillian B. Yeomans, who was a medical doctor in the early 1900s, she was miraculously saved. She was delivered from morphine addiction. And she had a tremendous healing and evangelistic ministry uh, for about 40 years. She made this statement, and it's scripturally sound. She said, God has tied himself irrevocably to human cooperation in the execution of his divine purposes. He has made man's faith a determining factor in the work of redemption. And that would include every facet of redemption. When, so when it comes to receiving the promises and the provisions of God, the redemptive work of Christ, uh, it's not all up to God and it's not all, not all up to me. There's always the human and the divine working together. I have my part, God has His. My part, according to the Word of God, is to have faith And to have understanding of how that faith operates in receiving those promises and provisions. And God's part is to perform it. All right. So we're going to look at some principles uh, that pertain to what faith is and how it operates. So in Mark chapter 11, uh, beginning in verse 22, this is probably one of the most concise and comprehensive teachings on the subject of faith you'll find anywhere in the scripture, and it's from Jesus Christ himself. So beginning in verse 22, Jesus makes this statement. He says, have faith in God. Now, the modern English translation says, take hold of God's faithfulness. So in defining faith, it comes from the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, and it means to put your trust or your confidence in a person or thing. So I think it's very interesting when Jesus teaches on the subject of faith, he begins with what we call the relational aspect of faith. And what we mean by that is the defining characteristic of our religion, Christianity, from all the other religions of the world, is that our religion is not based exclusively upon principles or methodology, although that's involved. But our religion is based upon a relationship with a living person, God Almighty and Jesus Christ His Son. And Jesus said, this is where faith begins. You must put your faith, your trust, your confidence in the person of God. So quite naturally, friends, you cannot trust a person you don't know. So there are two components to faith. And that is, first of all, you must have a revelation of the person of God. You've got to know the God you're trusting, right? And God has clearly revealed Himself within the content of His Word. Now, we don't have time this morning to look at all the aspects of God's person, but it would suffice to say that as a New Testament Christian, the God you're trusting is your Father, and you are His child. And as your Father, He is good, He is merciful, He is compassionate, He is faithful. He is unchanging. He is the supreme ruler of this universe. He has all power, all ability, unlimited resources. And guess what? He's willing to use all that he has and all that he is for you and for me as his sons and his daughters. Why? Because he loves us. And we belong to him. That's the God you and I are trusting. And without an accurate perception of the God you're trusting, it's going to be impossible to put your trust and confidence in him in any great degree. If you think God is angry with you, holding your past against you, you know, is ready to to pounce upon you at your first infraction, that's uh, an inaccurate concept. You need to reestablish a biblical concept, a New Testament concept of God's love for you as his child. But Jesus said the first component is you need a revelation of the person of God. And then secondly, where your faith is concerned, you must have knowledge of what he has said. Now why do we say that? Because God is only obligated to perform what he has promised or provided and is clearly articulated in this word. We say, uh, faith of course, begins where the will of God is known. Does that make sense? What I mean by that, it's impossible. For you to go to prayer to God and boldly claim by faith something you are not sure God is offering. So we say it this way. If I'm going to have faith in God, I need a revelation of his person. But I also must know what he has promised. So my faith must be based upon what we call evidence. Everybody say evidence. Hebrews 11 and 1 It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if I'm going to have faith in God and confidence or trust in God to answer my prayer, when I come to God to make a petition, my request must be based upon evidence. So let's just put it this way in a little imaginary scenario. Let's say we're in a court of law. Now, the reason I'm using this example is because every good lawyer and legal team knows if you're going to present a winning case in court, you must do your research. You must gather your evidence, your proof. And where faith is concerned, the same principle applies. So we're in an imaginary courtroom setting. You've got the prosecution, the devil. You've got the judge, God, and I'm the defendant. Now, let's say the prosecution says to the judge, Your Honor, Mr. Blackwelder is guilty of sin, and he deserves death and hell. And the judge would say to me, Mr. Blackwelder, how do you plead? And I would say, I plead not guilty, Your Honor. And he would say to me, based upon what evidence? And I would say, Exhibit A, Your Honor, Second Corinthians 5.21, He, God, made him Jesus who knew no sin, to become sin that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. Exhibit B, Your Honor, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation or creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Exhibit C, your honor. Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed my transgressions from me. Exhibit D, your honor. First John chapter one and verse nine. If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Woo! See, my my faith is based upon evidence. And this pertains to any area of, of life or need. If you find yourself in a place where you have a particular need, physically, financially, relationally, spiritually, mentally, go to the Word of God and gather your evidence so that you could substantiate your faith. Now, let's look at another example. Perhaps we're in this court and the prosecution says, Mr. Uh, Your Honor, Mr. Blackwilder has a terminal disease. And he must die. And the the judge would say to me, Mr. Blackwelder, how do you plead? And I would say, "Uh, Your Honor, I plead healed. And he would say to me, based upon what evidence? And I would say, Exhibit A, Your Honor, Psalm 103, verses 2 through 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, Who heals all my diseases. Who redeems my life from destruction. And crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. Exhibit B, your honor, Isaiah 53, 4 through 5 in the Amplified Version. Surely, everybody say surely. That's not maybe. That surely. He has borne our griefs. Our sicknesses, our weaknesses and distresses, and carried our sorrows and our pains of punishment. Uh, Verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He took our place. The chastisement needful to obtain a peace and well-being for us was upon him, and with the stripes that wounded him we are healed and made whole. That is past and present tense. He has paid the price for the forgiveness of my sins and the healing of my body. Are you following me? Whatever the need, friends, there's a promise. And if you don't know where it is, get a friend to help you find one. So when you you have an area of life where you need God to answer a prayer, you go to this Word of God, you find evidence on which to base your confidence and trust. All right? And once you've gathered your evidence, then I always tell people, it's a good idea to position your heart in a place of confidence because faith is of the heart. And faith is produced in the heart by the word of God. So what you and I have to do is we've got to get this word off the page into our spirit. Now notice what Jesus said, John 15 and 7. He said, if you abide in me, that means live in me, and my words abide in you. Now what's that mean? Take, they've taken up residence. They're on the inside. Then you shall ask what you desire, and what it will be done for you. Right. So I've got to get these promises off the page into my heart, and the way you do that is through what the Scripture calls meditation. Meditation. Now that's not an Eastern religion philosophy. That's a Bible application now here's what meditation means i'm talking to you this morning about how to get your prayer answered you've got your part god has his right we've got to know our part if it's going to happen so meditation means to reflect and rehearse it's like dipping a tea bag in a hot cup of water if you dip that tea bag one time guess what very little or flavor of the tea will be absorbed into the water You got to do what? You got to dip it over and over, man. You got to let it steep a little bit. So you find a promise. Man, you've been dealing with fear. Go find a scripture in the Word that tells you God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And then in the morning, when you get up with your cup of coffee, you get that scripture out and you read it and you thank Him for it. If it's healing, fear, whatever, it is provision and you read that scripture and you say it out loud and you thank him for it you just dipped your tea bag at lunchtime on your break get it out again god has not given me a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind or surely you bore my sicknesses and you carried my diseases. you just dipped your tea bag at night before you go to bed get it out again Read it again. Say it again. Thank him for it again. What are you doing? Dip in the tea bag. And you dip that thing for a couple of days or a week till all of the power and the creative ability and the faith that is resident within that living word of God is deposited on the inside of your spirit. Now faith is resident and you're ready to release it and get your prayer answered. Are you following me? Now. Jesus gives us two ways that faith can be released. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Now, I'm going to focus my conversation on verse 24, uh, but verse 23, he said these words. He said, For assuredly I say unto you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he says. Now, I had a CD out there, but they're all gone, uh, called I'm Just Saying, where I talk about this command of faith. But I've got a bookmark you can take. Go to our website. You can order it or download it on your PC and transfer it to your iTunes account or Google, whatever, and and listen to it. Or you can order the CD because I, I don't have time to go into that particular aspect. I want to talk about verse 24 because it gives you a great picture of how to get your prayer answered. And this is what Jesus calls the petition of faith. We have the command of faith, the petition of faith. The petition of faith is where the emphasis is upon asking Believing and receiving. So Jesus said in verse 24, whatever things you desire or or whatever you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, here's here's the scenario. John 4.24 says, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Are you with me? John 4, 24. You got me, brother? And then, of course, in Hebrews 12 and 9, the very last sentence, it says that God is the Father of spirits. And then, of course, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. All right? So now let me put that together. God's a spirit. He's the father of spirits. How many of you know you're a spirit being living in a natural body? You're an eternal being. And you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So here's the question. God is a spirit. That is the realm, friends, in which he exists and operates. An unseen uh, intangible realm so the question is how do you and I as spirit beings sons and daughters of God living in a natural world how do we access that unseen intangible realm of God's promise and provision take what we need and bring it back out of that realm into this one where we can benefit from it whatever our need may be well the best example i can give you is what i call the hand of faith and the reason we call it the hand of faith is because the hand is the part of the body that you you know you associate with stretching forth taking something and bring it bringing it back to you right that's exactly what you do when you come to god Based upon the evidence you've gathered, and you have a request or a need, what you're doing is you're going to stretch forth your hand into the realm of His promise. You're going to take what He promised, and you're going to bring it back to yourself with that invisible and yet very powerful hand of faith. Now, how do you do it? Well, the first step is, very simply, how do I stretch forth my hand of faith? You do it by asking. Everybody say ask. Now, Matthew 7 and verse 11, notice, if you think being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more uh, will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those that ask Him, right? So you have to ask Him. Matthew 18 and 19, if, again I say unto you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they shall ask It will be done for them by a Father who's in heaven. Let me give you one more. John 16 and 23. In that day you shall ask me nothing. Now what day are we talking about? The day we're living in right here. Post uh, death, burial, and resurrection. He said in that day you'll ask me nothing. Whatever you will ask the Father in my name. He will give it to you, right? So all New Testament prayer now for you and I, our petitions or our requests are made to the Father in Jesus' name. Now some people say, now God knows what I need. Why do I have to ask Him? Because friends, when you come before God to have a prayer answered, you have to realize you're making a divine transaction. Faith is the currency of heaven. It is the means by which divine transactions occur between God and man, between heaven and earth. So he wants you to know in your heart the moment that transaction is made. You need to know the day, the hour, the moment that you make that transaction. When you go to the grocery store and you buy a loaf of bread and and, and some milk and you go pay the cashier, it's on your receipt, the day, the time, the amount. Man, you knew. When that transaction was made, and the moment you made it, you knew you took that bread and that milk was yours, right? <laughs> so he said, I want you to ask me because there's a divine transaction occurring here. And he said, now when you ask, I want you to ask in a certain way. Matthew 21, 22, he said, whatever you, things you ask in prayer, doing what? Believing you will receive. I'm telling you this morning how to get your prayers answered and your needs met. He said, I need you to come on the basis of my word with your evidence in hand. Father, I'm coming to you today to ask for this because your word says, and quote it to him. (laughs) You got your evidence. And I'm asking you, well, when you ask, that, you just see yourself stretching forth your hand. And he said, now, when you ask, I want you to ask believing. Well, that's kind of vague. Believing what? Believing something very, very specific. What, Lord? Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Whatever you ask in prayer or when you pray, believe that you receive them and what? You will have them. He said, I need you to believe the moment you make that transaction, that you ask me in the name of Jesus for what I've promised you based on the evidence. The moment you ask me, I want you to believe you take it. Like, you, like man, you just stretched your hand behind a curtain and you took it. Now, you may not see it yet. You may not feel it yet in that unseen intangible realm of my promise you've taken it i need you to believe that it's very essential now why first john 5:14 watch this this is the confidence see that's what faith is right what's faith trust confidence assurance this is the confidence that i have in him that if i ask anything according to his will well how do i know his will we just told you you go find it gather your evidence don't come to god wondering know what he's promised there's a promise for every need you have now we understand when it comes to destiny and certain decisions in life you have to be led by the spirit it's not written in black and white, but when it comes to your health, your financial, physical, emotional, mental welfare, your relationships, there's promises. Amen. Find them, right? He said, where was I? We, we, this is the confidence, 1 John five fourteen, that you have in me, that if you ask, put it back up there for me, 1 John five fourteen. if you ask anything according to his will, what does he do? He hears us. He hears us. Now notice, and if we know that he hears us, do you have the rest of that? If we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. So they, they didn't have the, the, uh, the finishing of that verse. It goes on to say, if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Now is have Present tense or past? Present. That means the moment, God said, the moment you ask me, I need you to believe something. I need you to believe that you take what I've offered you. That you've got it now. And then he said, if you will believe that you take it in the unseen realm, the moment you pray, then you will have it it will transition from the unseen to the seen from the intangible to the tangible but you've got to know the moment you make the transaction that it becomes yours. Now, the best example I can give you is not my own personal testimony, but a man I traveled with 11 years, Uh, he passed at 86, had a wonderful ministry. Your your pastors are graduates of the Bible school he founded. I'm a graduate of Rama Bible Training Center. His name is Kenneth Hagin. Anybody ever heard of Kenneth Hagin? Well, if you have, great. If you haven't, you might want to read some of his books. But anyway... He's the one that kind of enlightened our generation to some of these realities. So he was born August uh, the 20th, 1917, prematurely. He had an incurable heart condition, incurable blood condition. He was not expected to live a long life. And so by the time he's 16 years old, he's completely bedfast, paralyzed from the waist down. So he's born again on that bed of affliction. And so he just started reading the Bible and start in the New Testament and ask his mom to prop the Bible up in front of him because he had limited use of his arms. So he comes to these scriptures in the process of time. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And so, you know, he would, you know, uh, read and then he said, I would pray and I would ask God, Jesus, please heal me. I I, I, want to run and play with other kids. Please, Lord, heal me. I know you can heal me. Please heal me. And month after month, week after week, you know, nothing. And he'd get discouraged and he'd cry, you know, and sometimes he felt like maybe God heard him, but nothing had changed. And so he'd get discouraged and put the Bible down and then he said he'd pick it back up and one day he was reading that again. And and he was in the old King James which said, whatever things you desire when you pray. So he said, now Lord, you said right here, whatever you desire when you pray. He said, I desire to be well. To be healed. He said, you said believe. I mean, he said, you said when you pray. He said, I've prayed. I've prayed. Believe. He said, Lord, if you came down here and took me by my hand and looked me in the eyes like my mother does at night and said to me, son, your problem is you don't believe. He said, I would have to say to you with the utmost reverence and respect, you're mistaken. I do believe. And he said, as he was there in that place, this still small voice on the inside of his spirit said, son, you do believe as far as you know, but the rest of the verse says, believe you receive them and you shall have them. He said it was like somebody turned on a light in that room. He said, I saw it. In a moment of time I understood the law of faith. He said, "You mean I've got to believe I've got it before I get it?" I've got to believe I take it in an unseen intangible realm before I actually see it or feel it in the natural realm? Yeah, he said I was waiting to feel it and see it and then believe it. I have to believe it and then I I receive it. You <laughs> you listening? So he said, man, I saw it. So he said, I lifted my hands. Never seen anybody do that in my life. And I said, Lord, I believe I receive. What do you mean? Take. That's what it means to receive. Take. Seize. Take hold of. Just like you would any object. I believe I receive healing of this incurable heart condition, this incurable blood condition, this paralysis. And Lord, I want to thank you right now. You hear me. And I boldly declare, I am healed. See, I am. And so he said, I just thank you, Lord, I am healed. Why, why could he say that? Well, you and I know because by the stripes of Jesus you were It's a solidified fact in the the realm of God's promise. Christ paid the price. So you've got to reach into that realm of promise and pull it over here into this realm. And you do it with faith. So he said, thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Well, all of a sudden, he said, the devil just began to bombard his mind. You're not healed. Look at you. You're still paralyzed. Feel your heart. It's still beating irregularly. He said he was in the habit of feeling it after praying. Uh, So he almost put his hands up and he said, he slapped his hand and said, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't say I felt like it. I didn't say I looked like it. I said, I believe I am. So he said, man, I just started praising God for about 10 more minutes. Thank you, Lord, I am healed. Oh, I give you praise. Now that might seem like silliness to some people, but it's called faith. And he said, all of a sudden, that still small voice, the same one that spoke to him earlier, said, now you do believe. Well, people ought to be up this time of morning. You see where the action comes in with with the confession, but you do that as the Spirit leads. Now he said, how in the world is a paralyzed person supposed to get up? He said, but I knew I'd heard that voice. So he said, I pulled my knees up to my chest because I had use of my arms, and I slung my feet over the side of the bed and I hung on to the bedpost, and he said, I'd been laying down 16 months, and the whole room was spinning. So he said, I closed my eyes, and I'm holding on, and my legs are dangling, and I lifted a hand, and he said, and I said, I want to boldly declare before Almighty God, Jesus Christ, the angels of heaven and the demons of hell, that I believe I am healed. He said, man, the room started spinning again. So he closed his eyes, see? Now, what is he doing, friends? What is he doing? He is, he's taken hold of that promise of God. And he is pulling that miracle out of the unseen realm into the seen. Out of the intangible realm of God's promise into the natural realm of reality. How? By his hand of faith. So he said, man, I opened my eyes, the room had stopped spinning again. So he said, I'm still dangling, and I said it again. I want to boldly declare before Jesus Christ, the angels of heaven, Satan, and the demons of hell, that I believe I receive my healing. (laughs) He said, all of a sudden, something like warm honey hit him in the top of his head, and it started moving down his body. That's the anointing. And it went into his legs, and he said it felt like 10 million needles. And he said it it felt so good. I mean, it hurt so bad if it hadn't felt so good, you know, because he had no feeling. And he said it went all the way down through his toes. And he said, then I said, now I'm going to walk. Now, he has no muscle mass. He's been laying down for 16 months, paralyzed. But he held on to the furniture. See? And he walked around one time, got back in the bed, didn't tell anybody. Then he said, the next day, I got up again, held on to the furniture, walked around the room, didn't tell anyone. Then that afternoon, he said, Mom, I want you to lay my clothes out in the chair. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to go to the breakfast table and eat breakfast with Grandpa. She said, you are. Because they'd already told her, he's a dead man. He said, yes, I am. So she put his clothes out in her mind, humoring him. He got up, put his clothes on, went to the breakfast table, And his grandfather said, Dear God, is the dead raised? And he said, Yes, sir, Grandpa, Jesus healed me. (laughs) And he was healed all the rest of his life. Amen. So why did you tell us that? Because, friends, you and I can do the same thing with whatever our need. Now, you understand when it comes to financial needs, if you have a specific need, rent, mortgage, whatever, you can ask God for what you need, but also now he's going to lead you in the Spirit. Uh, by the Spirit because there are natural elements. He may open a door of opportunity. You know, I've had people say, well, I've, I'm believing God for this much money and then someone called and say, hey, I got a side job available. Would you like it? No, but I'm believing God. Well, there was your opportunity. See what I'm saying? So there's natural things there too. Uh, 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 now, I do want to encourage you this. Whatever you, your petition, once you've gathered your evidence and you stretch forth your hand by asking and you believe you've taken it, keep the switch of faith turned on. What do I mean? When you walk in a room and you turn on a switch, you got the light. If you turn it off, the light goes off. You want to keep the switch of faith turned on from the moment you believe you've taken it till the time the transition is made. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's progressive. But you just constantly, what we call, uh, maintain the profession of your faith Without wavering. Hebrews 10.23, it says, Hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering, for faithful is he that is promised. That just means from the time you've prayed and you know your transaction was made, just go about your day or your week or whatever it is. Thank you, Lord. Praise him. Thank you. I know you've heard me. I know it's on the way. It's mine. And I give you praise. And I'm listening if there's anything I need to do. Now, why do I say that? Because, and I'm out of time, but I want to tell you this. Lillian B. Oman said, if I pray and I do not receive, then I change. I change because if I pray and I do not receive, a change must occur before the answer comes. And the change is not with God, it's with me. Now, what do I mean? Well, sometimes, like for instance, I had terrible joint pain several years ago, knees, knuckles. I mean, I'd get up in the morning. It'd take me a little time to get ready to, you know, to start living pain. And I'm a young, relatively young person. So I pray the prayer of faith, believe I receive, make my divine transaction. Months pass, no change, no change. So what do I do? Keep beating my head against the wall? No, I've got a helper. His name's the Holy Spirit. So I fasted and I prayed and I said, now, Lord, I, I'm missing it because I know your promise says healing's there. What can I do? Is there something in the natural? Right? So I listened to the Lord. You'll never believe what he said. Get ready. I heard that still small voice. You're drinking too much Dr. Pepper. <laughs> what? I loved Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Drink lots of it. I'm just telling you the truth, not making a negative advertisement. I don't know what's in it, but I ran out in the kitchen. I said, God said, honey, guess what God said? He said, I'm drinking too much Dr. Pepper. She said, I could have told you that. (laughs) So guess what I did, friends? I cut out the Dr. Pepper. I started drinking uh, water, excuse me. I've been on water now for years. Guess what? No pain whatsoever. Now see, he knows the body. He knows what we can do. There might be natural things you can do in correspondence with your prayers, right? So all these things come into play. Listen, go home if you have a need. Gather your evidence. Position your heart in a place of confidence through meditation. Then go ahead and stretch forth your hand and take what God's promised. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word.